Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Have you heard you can listen to your favorite news podcasts ad-free? Good news. With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts. That's amazon.com slash ad-free news podcasts to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Rebranding for me is really, I think, the diversity of Chicago with its people, its neighborhoods, its industries, its talents has never been as highlighted as it should be. I think there are few places that are really better than Chicago. Hi, everybody. I'm Fran Spielman. My guest today is the city of Chicago's first ever and $1 a year chief marketing officer, Michael Fosnach. Welcome and thanks for joining us, sir. Thank you, Fran. First of all, it's an honor and privilege to be on your show. You know, you work with so many mayors, so your show is a must listen to every week for me. Um, And I sometimes even agree with uh, your point of view. Well, I appreciate it, sir. First of all, before we get started, what is the translation of the German word Fasnacht? There's no real literal translation. It's... uh, Always people think you can translate like for almost night, but it's not correct. It's just an unusual but very German name. Yes, it sure does sound that way. You had a very distinguished career in commercial advertising. You spent six years as CEO and president of SF. FCB Chicago, for those who don't know that, and I can't say it, it's Foot Cone and Belding, the advertising giant. Before that, you were CEO and founder of two smaller agencies. Why would a guy who made his career in commercial advertising give all of that up to become Chicago's chief marketing officer, no less for a dollar a year? Um, So I moved to Chicago with my family over 16 years ago. And like I said, I have maybe fortunate to have a great corporate career. The last six or seven years, I got more and more involved in the civic life in Chicago. I joined a few boards, like the Chicago Public Library Foundation Board, Marwin, and a few other organizations who are really trying to you know, make life better for every Chicagoan. And I really enjoyed that work. And then three years ago, I got the call from the previous administration to help out the city on the Amazon HQ2 pitch. And it was a fascinating experience to understand the brand of the city better, to pitch the city to Amazon. And I really enjoyed that work. Um, And then late last year, I decided um, that I want to leave the agency world because I was ready for something new. And then Samia Mayika, the mayor reached out and said, hey, would you be interested in helping the city um, as the first ever chief marketing officer. And I said, ultimately, yes, because I believe in what Mayor Lightfoot 
trying to do to address some fundamental massive issues that the city has. Um, and secondly, uh, you know, the city of Chicago has been great to me and my family. And for me, it's time to you know pay back and try to bring my expertise to the crazy world of City Hall. What did you learn from the Amazon uh, pitch, which failed? Um, Chicago didn't make it. Uh, and in fact, the cities that won didn't really win so much. And what do you plan to, how do you use those learning experiences to put it to work now for the city of Chicago at this very perilous time? I learned a few things. First of all, I learned the tremendous diversity across all 77 neighborhoods in Chicago. I didn't know as much about some of the neighborhoods in the south and west side. While there are a lot of challenges, they all have a lot of richness. Um, I learned this through this process. Secondly, I got to know quite a few of the civic leaders, and I was always blown away how almost any civic leader you call in Chicago, they're willing to help. They ask, how can I help to make our city more equitable, more fair across the whole city? Um, and I think we, I'm trying to, you saw with today's announcement about the, the Chicago pledge, like Buy Chicago for Chicago, we are close to 20 creative agencies signing up to provide pro bono services for great projects to make the city better. So I just love the richness of civic engagement across all the industries in the city. And I learned how to leverage this, how to work with them. I've done this the last six months. Because as you know, the financial situation is, is challenging. So we have to look at creative and innovative ways of how to tell our stories. First of all, to our residents but it all then beyond Chicago to, to the country and to the world. So you started working under a Mayor Rahm Emanuel, and now you're working for Mayor Lori Lightfoot. How would you compare the two and their marketabilities in terms of using them as the face of Chicago? So I did not work under Rahm Emanuel. I was the CEO of Putcon Belding, and I provided pro bono services uh, to Rahm Emanuel and his administration as, as a civic servant. Um, I do, my, my boss is now Mayor Lightfoot, and I really enjoy working with her over the last six months because I think she is a, a rich, complex human being and leader um, with certain facets. I think her humor, her deep thinking about democracy, and as well, an unrelentless passion or really try to address the massive challenges that the city has in, in a 24-7 manner. I enjoy that. And uh, you know, I just launched with her yesterday and talked about a few things. And she's a tough boss. She's demanding, but um, she loves an open dialogue and she loves to be challenged. And, um, I, I, you know, I'm in a fortunate situation to be independent in, in, in my professional career. So, I love to have a, a person like her who is who is extraordinary. The plan presented to the mayor a few months ago, laying out a roadmap for an equitable economic comeback from the devastation and the hardship caused by the pandemic, recommended rebranding Chicago. You're working on that. What will that entail? From what to what? Thank you, Frank, for asking this question. I was part of this recovery task force and, and feel very passionate about this. 
I think some people misunderstand rebranding. They always believe, oh, let's do a big advertising campaign with a slogan, how great Chicago is, and spend millions of dollars against this campaign. This is not the modern way of how to build a brand. First of all, all of us have a perception of a brand because the brand is nothing else than the mental model and shortcut of how we feel, in this case, about a city, with our emotions and our rational reasons of why we either like or don't like a certain thing. Um, rebranding for me is really, I think, the diversity of Chicago, with its people, its neighborhoods, its industries, its talents, has never been as highlighted as it should be. So for me, the rebranding focus is really using some of the challenges we have as a segregated city and really highlighting the diversity of our 2.8 million residents, the amazing experience that business can have, can have when they come here, that tourists can have when they come here, or when young people want to build a new career. I think there are few places that are really better than Chicago. I'm a good example of that. I could have never had my career um, in another place in Chicago. But how do you plan to do that and also to overcome what some of the black guys more recently have been? How much damage, for example, was done to the city's image by the 50% surge in homicides and shootings and carjackings and by two rounds of civil unrest and looting that destroyed giant swaths of the downtown north side area and River North and some parts of the south and west side? How do you overcome that damage and convince people that Chicago is not only safe, but a place you want to come and visit too? I believe you can only overcome this by being honest about what are the root causes of some of these issues or not ignore them. I walked uh, Michigan Avenue after the, the second wave of looting and that was one of my most challenging days in my professional life. So none of us at City Hall wants to hide these things. We have massive issues and as a brand, that's part of rebranding, you have to be honest about it. And people do give you marks and positive credit if you're honest about the challenge you have. Secondly, um, you don't just rebrand a brand overnight. I think it's by hard work with daily small things that ultimately slowly shift the perception. First with residents. If, I think that's what's forgotten sometimes about city branding. First of all, your residents have to be your strongest brand advocate. That's why I'm spending all of my time, if it's about with COVID, is it about other you know, issues, if it's mental health or domestic violence? We're building out our expertise of how to communicate with Chicago residents. It's not an, uh, a coincidence that we build out the mayor's social media platforms from like 150,000 followers to now close to 800,000 because we want to reach all our Chicago residents. We will do more in the future. So the residents and their belief in the city is the first and foremost focus. Run that. So how, how do you moment. do that? You don't have an advertising budget. The city is $1.2 billion in the hole and uh, $2 yeah. billion when you consider the $800 million for, uh, for this year. So you don't have the money for a big ad advertising budget. How do you rebrand Chicago in, uh, with that? Free. If you look at what, what I believe we have achieved over the last six months, with a lot of the campaigns we have done, we work pro bono with amazing Chicago agencies, like we announced this morning. If you look at the stay home, stay alive, if you look at the means, we 
didn't spend $1 immediate spend on that. And we had amazing followership and, so, uh, and recognition for that. If you look at some of the other things we have done, with the high school graduation, where we celebrated the city, we have done this with more or no expenses. I believe we have challenged to make our ideas bigger and more interesting and more engaged than ever before. Because like you said, rightfully, we don't have the luxury to spend a lot of media dollars about it and trying to buy eyeballs. I, you're right, it's a challenge, but I love a challenge. The mayor loves a challenge. We have an amazing team here at City Hall to face it, and we leverage the creative community in Chicago more than ever before. And they're ready to help, and they're willing and ready to help to rebrand the city of Chicago, not in one big campaign, but in one campaign after another, after another, after another. Using social media, using what? Yeah, social media, but also if you look at an idea, we can do a press conference about them, the television stations pick up, the print media will pick it up. As long as your power of an idea is not limited to the media. You can do it on social media, you can print. I mean, look at just the, the Stay Home, Stay Have Lives campaign. Millions of people have seen that. It changed behavior. If you look at the other things we have done now with the mayor, we talked about Halloween when she dressed up with, with our health commissioner. Millions of people saw that. So it's the idea, the creativity that ultimately I believe is step-by-step repenting Chicago. But acknowledging, like I said, the challenge we have on safety and financial in the history of Chicago that over decades neglected neighborhoods in Chicago, which we have to change. Some people thought that Halloween costume was pretty corny. The nice thing is about every brand, you don't have just one tonality. You know, I'm German. I can be very stern and strict. Some people say, not my children, that I can be funny too. So we all have different tonalities. You know, for the mayor to be corny for once, I think that's good. You think her strong leadership in turning the dimmer switch pretty slowly and making Chicago what she likes to call the most open American city. You think that is a pitch you can use? Why? I think if you look at the mayor and what she represents, her history, her background, her personality, people are very intrigued by that. They might not agree with everything with her, but they're intrigued and they believe that she's authentic. I don't agree with her all the time, but I believe that she's authentic and she is trying to do the right thing to put Chicago on the right trajectory. And that's why people, I think, like her, admire her, engaging with her. And I think we have to sometimes get used to ignoring a little bit the noise on the, on the left, on the far right. That is just not what most Chicagoans are listening to and believing to. So I believe her leadership is a positive factor for us because I hear when we do something, I hear from all over the world, if you look at the, the winter design challenge we had with outdoor dining, that over 650 submissions, we heard from all over, from people in India submitted that, and they said, oh, look at what Chicago is doing. They're trying to be creative and innovative. And I think that's a big, big focus point for us moving forward. But in her fighting with Donald Trump, it's been quite divisive. Uh, she at one point said uh, she had a message for the president that began with an F and ended with a U. So is that someone 
that can be your face for a campaign to say, come to Chicago? Or is that a controversial person at the forefront? Um, I think if you look at brands nowadays, how they speak and how they talk or behave, authenticity is the most important. Um, so I'm, I'm not as worried when, when the mayor says something that might some people might not like as much. I think people understand the intent and the passion. And she has the right to say this with her history and who she is. Um, so I'm not concerned about it at all. In fact, she has something in common with Donald Trump. His key Trump card was authenticity, at least in 2016, because people believe what he says. He he has a, a way of telling it like it is also. Uh, you have mentioned that the next 12 weeks you're going to be using what you call tent pole events that are culturally relevant to show how safe Chicago can be uh, and still keep the virus at bay. What do you mean by that? I mean, if you look at the next 10 or 12 weeks, there are a lot of emotional moments coming for us. If it's Halloween, if it's Thanksgiving, even like the you know Black Friday. If it's the holidays coming up with, with from Christmas to um, all the other religious festivities, I think 2020, as you know, Fran and I, we all know it, it's a very unique, very challenging year for all of us. And I think we as a city have to set the tone of how do we celebrate these events in the COVID safe, but still positive, hopeful manner. And I think that's why, you know, Halloween was the first thing you know, Thanksgiving and then Black Friday, we have, we have some, some interesting ideas. We just have to be creative of how we show as well an optimism in this world of 2020 while realizing we are still in the midst of a pandemic. So what is this Black Friday thing going to be? I mean, we were all being oh, told to... Love it, friend. So tell me how. How am I going to love it? What is it? Because, because you will never look at Black Friday the same way, friend. I promise you that. If, if I fail you, I will treat you for lunch at any place you would like in Chicago. Okay, well, give me a hint. Give us all a hint. What is it? What are you going to do? Is it going to convince people to shop from their bedrooms online or what? We're told that that's the safe way. Brian, I, I appreciate your push, and it just, you know, I think increases all our excitement about that event. You're not gonna, you're not gonna give us even a clue, not a hint, not a breadcrumb. I gave you the breadcrumb. I promise you that you will love it, and if I fail on that, that I owe you. <laughs> you know, for the longest time, Chicago was best known for Al Capone around the world. Then came Michael Jordan, thankfully a far more positive image. What is it known for now? What do you want it to be known for? I really would love that it's known for as a creative, innovative city that had honestly addressed the sins of its past and build a much more equitable city that everyone can enjoy. From the people who are living there, tourists who want to see it, who tourists who want to come to downtown, but also want to see something exciting in Pilsen or in Inglewood. And companies who say, you know what, it's a new world. It's a world where 
we're all trying to make it a much more equitable city for everyone in the world. And companies want to do that. I hear it from CEOs. I want that we are seen as a beacon in this change world. I think in this new normal, Chicago should become the progressive city that is also very innovative and creative and does things that other cities don't do. McCormick Place is shut down, so is Navy Pier. The airline industry is devastated. Business and leisure travel is almost non-existent. Hotels are empty if they're open at all. All of that is likely to stay that way until there's a vaccine. Office workers haven't returned to downtown in great numbers. What role will marketing play in turning all of that around? I think there's a very, there's a very good question, important question. I always try to understand first, what has the pandemic changed for a long, long time? And what will kind of disappear and go back to the old normal? We have to realize we were living in a new normal. I think there are huge opportunities on the leisure travel side. That's all the forecasting right now. I, I think Chicago will be even a bigger, more attractive destination for leisure travel. Business wow. travel will be challenged. Convention will be challenged, but I think there's a huge opportunity to elevate McCormick further as a place, not just for face-to-face conventions, but also hybrid convention, partly in person, partly virtual. I have full confidence in uh, Larita and the McCormick leadership in Choose Chicago to really, again, be on the forefront of how can we win in this new normal. Will it be easy? No. But I think any, every crisis has as well the opportunity to reinvent yourself and look at things in a new way. And that's, I did it my whole career, and we will continue doing that in Chicago. What's the new way we're going to look at it? How? I think if you look at the convention space, it's a huge opportunity, like I said before, about hybrid conventions. But people still want to see each other. We just had this morning a call with a lot of CEOs. They slowly hear from the employees, hey, can we come back a few days a week? So I'm optimistic that people will want to come back to work, but it will be more hybrid. It will be more hybrid world, and we have to be ready for that. We have to enable this, and there will be some opportunities for neighborhoods because people might spend two or three days in their neighborhoods except instead of just coming downtown five or six days a week. Uh, you, men- uh, you mentioned a big opportunity in leisure travel. How? Where? From who? Because if you look at the research, there is a pent-up demand of people going out to their house, their area, to whoever, whichever city has shown that they manage COVID well, which I think Chicago and the, uh, the mayor's leadership, we have done as, as much as, as well as we could do as well with, the, with an amazing CDPH and our commissioner. Um, so people want to look. There's a, there's a pent-up demand of people to want to travel and experience new things. It will not be tomorrow, but it will be in 12 months, in 18 months, in 24 months, and we have to be ready. And marketing will play a role because we will tell the story of how you can come down to Chicago in a safe way and experience diversity and diverse experiences in a way that not too many other cities are able to do. But again, it won't be an advertising campaign, right? The thing is, advertising traditionally, you always think about, oh, it's paid TV ads. 
I like to, that I'm not the chief advertising officer, I'm the chief marketing officer because marketing is so much broader. It's, as you know, friends, so many people are consuming both. Some paid, but mostly it's social. It's an all different medium. It's in, in PR. And we have to live. We have to become as a city the most modern marketer of any city in the world. And that's what I'm here for. And your pitch to business is going to be uh, the city's engineering talent, affordable housing, infrastructure, strong schools and colleges, high civic engagement. What sells Chicago? What will sell Chicago to businesses? I think, like you said, that you have the, the baseline of great, great advantages with our education system, like you mentioned, infrastructure. Uh, we have space. We are not a dense city like other cities in, in North America, which is a huge advantage. Uh, amazing talent pool. And I think one thing we haven't focused enough on in the past is we have an unbelievable entrepreneurial spirit. But it's an entrepreneurial spirit that's much more inclusive. It's much more diverse than the West and East Coast. I think we have a massive advantage. We look at our CEO, startup CEOs. We have many more African Americans than on the West and East Coast, and that has to be our focus. It'll be becoming an unbelievably diverse entrepreneurial center. And we have done over the last 10 years well with 1871, a lot of other innovation centers. And I think we'll just have to continue elevating and pushing that trajectory. You mentioned the Buy Chicago for Chicago campaign that you announced today. This is a commitment by 17 creative agencies, public relations and strategic communication firms to dedicate a percentage of their hours worked toward nonprofit social and cultural agencies. What exactly will they be doing? Why and what difference will that make? The thing is, what they will do is some of them are doing a lot of pro bono work. I think this was an opportunity to bring them all together and kind of standardize a little bit that like 1% of the hours worked every year is a good baseline. And we had, some of them will just continue to do the existing pro bono work. The other one is they have you now with me and my team here a, a counterpart at, at the mayor's office when they want to do a new project and they look for new projects they can reach out. And I've done this the last six months. I work with over 10 agencies in the last six months and I joined on a pro bono level. And the agents love doing this for two reasons. Their employee base want to do good work. They want to do more than just sell beer, or, which is great product, by the way, any beer, but or other things. They want to do something civically. Um, and secondly, they love to do amazing work. And I think the mayor has shown, the team here, that we buy great work that makes the agency as well famous and motivates their teams. Um, so I'm very during, excited about this initiative. During the pandemic, the mayor did a series of very clever PSAs urging people to stay home. You mentioned that they were funny, they made people laugh at a different time, at a difficult time, and they softened the mayor's hard image, uh, hard edges. How did those PSAs come about and what role did you play in them and how are you gonna play off them now? So the, the, on day two of my job, I pitched the mayor the Stay Home, Save Lives campaign uh, because I got to know her and I thought, you're much funnier than most people know. I think we have to show that side of you that some people don't know. And it was such a tense time at the beginning of the pandemic. 
Sometimes you have to change your tonality to break through, and it worked then. Um, because I think one part of my job is as well, because I do believe the mayor is the ultimate representative of the city. I, I want to show the city and its residents and the world the, the, the different sides of the mayor. And the mayor is, is a, a very impressive personality with a lot of different sides. And I think the residents, you know, will enjoy getting to know her better. Um, that's beneficial, I think, for the city. Um, it's moving us in the right direction. And when the mayor closed the lakefront and kept it closed and drove around the city breaking up large groups, there were a never-ending stream of those very funny memes that popped up. You didn't have anything to do with those, but you embraced those. You were smart enough to do that. Uh, does that help you now as you use her as the centerpiece for your marketing campaign? I mean, first of all, yes, we used it. There was an inventor here in Chicago who came with it, but the first meme, and then we worked together with Miguel Bone who come up with more memes in that same thing. So we embraced it. And I don't want to just say, oh, she will be the only centerpiece of the campaign, but she's a critical element of, I think, how Chicago will be perceived in the years to come. And definitely build a certain trust between the mayor and me as well that when I come up with ideas that are more unconventional, that you might be more willing to listen to that. But ultimately, you know, she's the boss and she is who she is. Uh, but I've always tried to push for great work that people can engage with, especially when their topics are very important. Um, because we, as you know, friend, in this noise of media, you have to be really thoughtful and relevant to break through with your message. Over the years, people have suggested marketing ideas for the city, everything from selling the naming rights to city buildings to putting advertising on the sides of city snow plows and salt trucks, even police and fire vehicles. Are there any revenue generating ideas at this very difficult financial time for the city that you would like to explore or that Chicago might consider? I think that's a great push, Fred. It's on my list. Quite frankly, I haven't tackled that issue enough. I think that's great. And the mayor even made, reminded me a month ago again, hey, when can we make as well use the brand of, of Chicago as a revenue-generating opportunity? So that's on my to-do list. So if, if I have the fortune to get re-invited to your show, friend, I will definitely have to have a solution by then. But, I mean, think about it. You're a creative guy. What are the possibilities? Oh, they're great things. I mean, we can... Um, you know, monetize the brand much more. I mean, we have a few thoughts. But by the way, if some of your listeners have ideas, please send them our way. I'm always love to listen to new, interesting ideas. I'm sure you have some ideas too, friend, that you will share with me. What about marketing and the role it might play in distributing the coronavirus vaccine when it finally comes, God willing? There is huge skepticism among a very heavy chunk of the population about the safety of a vaccine. There are the never vaxxers, and then there are the people in the middle who are frightened about the politicization of it. Have you thought about that and how you might help? Very good question. Yeah, CDPH and Dr. Avadi, the health commissioner, I talk about that almost every day. Um, we're doing right now some research as well because I think it's important, like you outlined, to truly understand what are the hurdles, why people won't potentially take the vaccine, and then secondly, what are the unlockers to change that perception? And I think one thing is we have to be careful of people who are skeptical 
to put them in the same area as, as hardcore anti-vacciners because people have concerns and we have to take them seriously. If we don't take them seriously, we will never be able to change the attitude. And I think Dr. Avad in the Health Commission, she has done such an amazing job as the leader of CDPH. I'm really honored and blessed working with her on that challenge. But this is a significant challenge, but please be assured we're thinking about that day and night. Might you also use humor in this to break down the barriers? Humor always works, doesn't it? You know, if, if people make, you know, laugh about my jokes coming from Germany, humor must be a powerful tool. Um, yes, humor could be one. I don't know if it's the right one. I want to see first the research and understand better what could be an unlocker to change perception behavior. And there could be different waves as well. There could be not everything is the same over because like it would be probably a 12 month process We're all, all of 2021. We might change our tonality throughout 2021 to get as many people um, as possible into the fold. And we see Metra advertising heavily now, talking about how safe it is to get back on the trains. And yet the CTA has not done that. They need to convince people that it's safe to come downtown and to commute. I, I just had yesterday a long conversation with CTA and CDOT about that particular topic. But I take the brown line almost every day, and I always tell the CTA has done a fabulous job of improving the product, of making it safe and clean. I think we have the right to tell that story because both organizations, all the CDOT with, with all the other modes of commuting that they're offered now, I think both departments have done a fabulous job and be sure we will talk about that more than we have done in the past. Well, Michael Fasnacht, thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to this uh, Black Friday thing that you only teased, but uh, I'm tantalized by the possibilities. Thank you, Fran. It's an honor to work with you and thank you for everything you have done over more than 30 years for the great city of Chicago. And we will have you on again. We'll watch your marketing campaign closely. And thank you for joining us. We'll see you all next week. 